HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Tabard Inn, New American Cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardinn.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, this is Diane Stemple, and you're listening to Cutting the Curd on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can listen either live right now, or it's archived on HeritageRadioNetwork.org, or you can get a podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. Our topic today is what cheeses to serve on the holidays and or what gifts to give cheese lovers or cheesemongers. I have three very good cheese friends in the studio today as my guests. I want to welcome Amy Sistybaum, Jessica Kesselman, and Sarah Zaborowski. First, I'll introduce Amy. Hello, Amy. Hi. Amy has been has logged over 10 years in the cheese industry, starting out at Pichelin and Artisanal and Murray's, and works currently at Forever Cheese, importing excellent cheese from Italy, Spain, and Portugal. Welcome, Amy. Hey, thanks for having me here. You're very welcome. Jessica Kesselman, currently Program Director for Rockland Farm Alliance. There's lots of crossover between the cheese world and local farms. Also, she spent seven years in cheese, beginning at Murray's, a stint at Lucy's Way, and has been repping for several Vermont cheesemakers. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Diane. Great to have you here. Good to be here. Sarah Zerborowski went from cooking to Cheese at Artisanal and Murray's, where we all met, and now is at Columbia Cheese, National Market and Sales, National Marketing and Sales, importing new for us but old for them cheese from Switzerland, Germany, and Denmark. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, Diane. It's great to be here. Great. So, ladies, I thought we would get together and talk about, first, what cheeses you would serve for the holidays, both American and European, or anywhere else, I suppose. And who would like to begin? Jessica would. 
sure I will. I'd love to. Amy's volunteering, Jessica. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. <laughs> well, actually, I think it's because um, inspiration struck me yesterday mm-hmm. on this topic. And that was seeing <laughs> a giant wheel of gorgonzola creme avocado that was cut open at a cheese counter where I was doing a cheese demo. And it was the first time I had had creme avocado in ages and it was phenomenal and it was creamy and it was sweet and they were drizzling honey on top and all I could think of was this is a winner for the holidays. I'm going to serve this after dinner. I'm going to serve it to all the blue, blue cheese haters in my life and make them converts. It was just, it screamed holidays to me. Great. I love that idea because honestly um, one thing I have a lot of friends who do know cheese and a lot of friends who don't know cheese. And when you have something that they can relate to, like they know the name Gorgonzola, but when you bring in something like a Gorgonzola creme avocado, it just kind of amps it up a little and it kind of pushes the line and gets them to try something new. And that's such a great example of a good blue cheese. It was also, to me, outside the box to be eating cheese off a spoon mm-hmm. and that was a right. lot of fun that's something you don't ordinarily think of when you think of having cheese at the holidays you think a board and wedges and and knives and and this was just it just was something a little bit different and special i'm also i have a fond recollection of spooning it into a little plastic container uh, from the counter at Murray's. Exactly. And I picture Cielo <laughs> grinning in the background. Aww. I always <laughs> love the idea of using like an ice cream scoop on that kind of thing. Oh, oh yeah. great. Just for a little more flair at the uh, cheese counter. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But I think also uh, one of the great things about the holidays is is you can kind of do a couple of things. You can bring something out to really surprise people, or you can also kind of use it as an opportunity to sort of introduce people to kind of like the best representation of a cheese that maybe they've seen um, or maybe they've tried, but they've really not tried the good stuff before. Do you have a cheese in mind? I do indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my, one of my favorite cheeses for this time of year um, covers a lot of categories. It covers sort of the creamy, uh, intense variety called uh, Vacheron Free Bourgeois, which some people are familiar with. Um, it's made in Switzerland, but typically what you see out uh, in the usual marketplace is kind of a rubbery version of it, mm-hmm. more like uh, another cheese called Tête de Moine that some people might know, which is a very sort of small format cheese. But that's a much smaller cheese. It's a smaller and firmer cheese, yet somehow this cheese called Vachon Free Bourgeois ends up tasting the same off of a lot of um, hmm. cheese departments, whereas there is one that uh, I happen to work with. That uh, is called a, a crepe variety. Um, crepe variety? Does that R E P I? Is that referring to the scary looking rind? It is. Yeah, it's actually the French word for plaster. If you imagine a wavy plaster wall, um, and it's an incredibly creamy sort of thing. I actually brought in another great holiday gift, um, which is a book and. Oh, she's showing it to I'm us showing it as to everyone. she speaks. It's and everyone ridiculous. agrees this does not look like a typical Vacheron Free Bourgeois. It has actually a cream line on it, which is pretty much unheard of. But it's a really, really traditional way of making cheese that not many people do anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's always a surprise when you bring it out to people. 
Um, Can you explain what a cream line is to our perhaps less sophisticated listeners? Absolutely. So um, you have the rind on the outside and you have the paste on the inside. And then closer to the rind, you'll have a much softer paste. So if you actually cut a wedge of the cheese, you would almost see um, two different textures of the cheese, even though it's all in the same wheel. Mm Mm-hmm. And you typically, you might see that on Humboldt Fog and in a lot of different areas. Because they cut that in half and it sort of melts near the rind. That right. might not be the same. Right, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you guys could come up with some other good... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just thinking that would be maybe... Other cheeses that people could... <laughs> recognizable. Yeah. Okay, so how about you, Amy? What are you bringing to the party? Um, well, I'm thinking back to my wedding about five years ago. Um after the ceremony, we uh, we had some photos taken, and in that time period, we had planned for the cheese course to be brought out, and there were five really great cheeses, but when we got back to the table, when we were starving after being through this very like intense emotional time, we really wanted to have some cheese, and the, all that was left was this shred of lace from <laughs> La Serena. It's, um, it's a really beautiful... Um, sheep's milk cheese from Extremadura, Spain. That it's so decadent, and when you t- it's similar to what uh, Jessica was describing. You know, something different and scoopy, and um, so this one it's a it's a full wheel for, of it about mm, I'd say about two pounds, and so you can buy a whole one if you're having a bigger party and just uh, score the top and peel it back and scoop out little spoonfuls to serve um, each each guest. And I think that it's such a wonderful cheese, and every time I serve it, I find that women like it more frequently than men do. Hmm. It has do you think it's sour, the thistle? Yeah, I do. I do. I think it has a really floral, um, sour taste to it that appeals to the woman's palate, I, I guess, hmm. more Portuguese often. cheeses often use the thistle for rennet, yeah, which makes them vegetarian. Vegetarian and also gives them uh, a sort of a looser texture more mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. So did not. you lick the lace at your <laughs> wedding? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I use that as my garter. <laughs> You're a perfect cheese cheese bride. (laughs) Anyway, okay, ladies. So does anyone have... Now, Sarah, you brought your uh, coffee table book for a gift. Where do you get this book? I brought a very fancy uh, cheese coffee table book. It's called Um, Swiss Cheese. It's called Swiss Cheese. Do you know that man on the cover? Um, He is a cheese maker. I don't work with him, but I work actually with many of the other cheesemakers in the book. Okay. But it's, I mean, it's it's a gorgeous book. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely uh, a more Where do you get book. it and how much does it cost? You have to go online and typically you'll have to go uh, overseas to one of the overseas websites because it's not published in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I do happen to have a few of them. Oh, okay. But uh, it's the is photography it $100? is really dramatic. It looks like a hundred dollars yeah, at least. Yeah, it's over that. It really is one of those books that you leave yeah. out on the coffee table yeah. for um, cheese nerds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now is that a pool of milk I'm looking at? Yes. So it uh, that's a pool of milk in a copper vat. Wow. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I just wanted to say I found one gift today that someone I think it was Gordon Edgar had put on his Facebook page and it was called Jesus Christ Cheese Grater and it said on it Our Great Lord, I hope I'm not offending too many people (laughs) and it is a picture of Jesus on a flat cheese grater but I think you have to get it in Europe 
I think it's, uh, it might be from England. It's 6.95 pounds, I think. Uh, but you can find it on Facebook. So that was my cheese idea, cheese gift idea for sort of the low rent idea instead of the high rent idea. Do you guys have any cheese gift ideas? Well, it's funny that you mention Gordon Egger because on my list is his book, mm-hmm. Cheesemonger, A Life on the Wedge, which is a great introduction to how somebody gets into this crazy passion mm-hmm. that we all seem to share. Uh, as head cheesemonger at Rainbow Grocery Cooperative in San Francisco, uh, it's he tells, um, you know, it's part memoir, part you know, story of his work and also about cheese. And for me, the great thing about this book is my personal connection to that particular cheese counter because that is where I first started really being a, a particular customer of cheese In when San I was Francisco. living out there. Mm-hmm, while ah. I was living out there. And uh, I, re- I just discovered this book while I was working at Lucy's Way. And it's a, it's a really great read. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's the books like the one Sarah described, which is just beautiful to look at. And if you're looking for a book you can actually read on the subway or curl up with at night before you fall asleep, uh, I think his book is just, it's a great gift to mm-hmm. someone who's passionate about reading and about good food. So I highly recommend that one. Okay. And it's available pretty much anywhere. Amazon, you know, mm-hmm. etc. Amy, do you have a gift idea? I agree with Jessica. I read it. I loved it. <laughs> my, my colleague and friend Jamie McAndrew suggested uh-huh. that I read it. And she gave me her book and said, here, take it. You have to. And then I gave it back to her when I was done. And she sent it on to the next person. But I feel like <laughs> it's very relatable. Um, I, I guess I'm more practical. I just... Um, something I when I give a gift I want it to be something that people can use a lot again and again and um, I was thinking like a cheese board would be a great thing Um, I know that uh, Brooklyn Slate has really beautiful boards and I was Mm -hmm. watching the video on their website last night and it's kind of a a heartwarming story of several generations of um, in a uh, um, foundry where the one of the partners who owns the company um, her family forages or whatever what it's called Mm -hmm. So do they do slate and cheese boards? They, they make cheese boards out of slate. So I guess ah, it would be okay. a cheese slate. Okay. And then along with it, you would get a, um, a piece of chalk that you can write the name of the cheese on, mm-hmm. which people always like to see, especially if you're going to serve something unusual like a gorgonzola creme avocado or a vacheron free bourgeois. You want to like call it out, call attention to it mm-hmm. so people know that it's something special. Now, what have you have you all gotten cheese gifts? Because as cheese lovers, I find that people are always giving me cheese gifts. Some I already have a hundred of, but do you get cheese gifts that are either uh, well received or not so well received? Well, I have to say, uh, I have not read every book that I've received. <laughs> <laughs> you could have a lending library. Yes, I do have quite a library. <laughs> I. I I've noticed a real problem with um, cheese spreaders <laughs> as gifts. Um, they're not, not many of them are designed very well. Right. I have um, broken several of my mother-in-law's cheese spreaders. Um, the handles will be made of this really, you know, beautiful Venetian glass and they're short handles. And I go to, you know, and she has it paired with the wrong cheese, you know, to cut the wrong cheese. And then the, you know, it snaps. <laughs> and so I, I have decided, you know, that, I would like to be able to give people you know, spreaders that are... That will not break. That will not break right. and, and maybe even 
recipe for, you know, maybe pair it with the cheese mm-hmm. so that they know what kind right. of knife to use for what kind of cheese. There are so many cheese knives online and on different stores. Uh, we'll have to talk about that later after we take a break. This is Cutting the Curd. We're taking a break. See you soon. You're listening to Home of Emptiness by Pamela Royal on the Heritage Radio Network.org. The following program has been brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential small hotel, is located on a quiet, tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 40 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant or enjoy a cocktail and listen to live jazz in one of their cozy Victorian seating areas. Mingle with travelers from around the world who find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. Hi, we're back with Cutting the Curd with my guests, Sarah Zaborowski, Amy Sistybaum, and Jessica Kesselman, and we're discussing cheese for the holidays and gifts for the holidays. I'm going to start this segment with the question, what cheese do you bring to showcase American cheese to a steadfast Europhile? Okay, I have one. Ah, Sarah? Because I did it for Thanksgiving. Okay, good. Um, With my family, I actually decided not to bring any of the cheeses that I work with and try a number of different things. And the one American I, I chose for a blue was uh, was Rogue River Blue, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite blue cheeses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is sort of a special edition type of cheese, being that it's not available year-round. Um, and it also is a cheese that uh, my brother will eat, and he does not eat blue cheeses. Mm-hmm. So it was it was kind of a win-win that it is sort of a fancy cheese for that time of year. It's um, aged for quite a long time and wrapped in um, leaves and then the eau de vie, and that really creates an incredible intensity and creaminess in it that's kind of un- incomparable right. to right. other cheeses. I remember when either Carrie or David brought that cheese to Murray's 
for us to taste behind the counter the first time. I think you were there, Amy. And we tasted it, and I realized we had arrived. (laughs) It was, this cheese is as good as anything they make in Europe. And I was so pleased and proud that we'd gotten there. Um, So I totally agree that that would be a a very good, uh, convincing cheese for a Europhile. How about you guys? Any suggestions? Um... I, I'd say my kind of fallback would be Cabot Cloth Bound. Mm-hmm. Ah. I agree. It's just such a good cheese, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I should probably disclose I work for Jasper Hill. <laughs> <laughs> so I, You're I, not the one who said right, it. Right, I didn't say it, eye. and I did not, I did not uh, twist any arms. No, but no. yes, I think it's I, an incredibly reliable way. cheese and mm-hmm. sweet and nutty, as I say over and over to during demos. Mm-hmm. Sweet and nutty. Uh, <laughs> great. Yes, I think so. And especially for holiday time. Mm-hmm. Do you have a different one? Yeah, I do. And I have to, full disclosure, <laughs> say that I do receive compensation from Vermont Creamery for this, <laughs> for this cheese, not for saying it. Um, but I really believe that the goat cheeses that are made by makers such as Allison Hooper and company um, at Vermont Creamery consistently impress um, European customers that you know we we've all sold cheese at the counter in New York City and we get a lot of Europeans and mm-hmm. so we I think we've all been there when we've seen the reaction or they say no I don't I don't want to buy any American made cheeses but oh, yes. certain cheeses always seem to please customers no matter where they're from mm-hmm. and I think Coupol to me is just you know even with this little sprinkling of ash this little snowball cupcake of dense goat's milk mm-hmm. is just so classy and so clean and fresh and it goes great at any time during a meal or an event and it pairs so nicely with so many things Mm -hmm. and then the other one you know i feel like we can't have a discussion about cheese without mentioning pleasant ridge and (laughs) that's another one that like very reliable very reliable yeah and just just makes me really happy whenever Mm -hmm. i have it right Right. Now, I do want to point out that all those three have won Best in Show at the American (laughs) Cheese Society. Pleasant Ridge, I think, three times. Rogue River, two times, I think. And Cabot Clothbound once. So it is amazing that our our peers have confirmed our suspicions. Anyway, I have another question, which uh, you kind of brought up with the Gorgonzola. What would you consider a gateway blue cheese? If you're trying to get people to eat blue and they don't like blue, what's a gateway blue or what's a gateway goat cheese? Either one. Well, so I work for Forever Cheese and we import this one, but I I just had a chance to uh, taste it. We do weekly tastings with um, the owner, Michelle Buster, and I think it's a real treat, and it's great for us to connect with the cheese when we just work in an office talking to people about it a lot. So uh, we tried Blue de Buffalo, mm. and it's made from buffalo milk, so it's rich and creamy, and it's not overly blue, but it's just, it, it actually, like, the blue is kind of centralized, um, the blue mold, so you can, you can avoid the intense blueness of it. But mm-hmm. if you want to just kind of like continue to, to press yourself, that's mm-hmm. a good way of that. Right. And as a cheesemonger, I always find it satisfying to get someone to taste and like something beyond mm. their usual yeah. Uh, categories. Yeah. Yeah, I think we could probably suggest a, a few other blue cheeses also, but generally, um, 
I think you kind of want to look for something that's high in butter fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is maybe has a little sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. And that will sort of open up people's minds uh, to faster if it's not so mm-hmm. chemical and metallic. Yes. Or salty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Humboldt Fog is a, is a popular goat cheese uh, for a reason. I think it's, it's it's beautiful to look mm-hmm. at. The texture is um, soft and almost fluffy at times. And it's funny how, how often people will think it's a blue cheese because of the ash. Mm-hmm. They mistake that and the color under the rind for a for a blue. And um, and I think it's just it's one of those cheeses that wakes up people's palates to trying other cheeses that not just by what milk they're made from but what they look like right and um i think i think that humboldt fog is definitely an approachable goat for people isn't that the most gratifying part of being a cheesemonger like talking to people about something that they sort of know about and they want to know more about and finding the thing that just is kind of like i think of minesweeper i keep i don't know i keep having this um (laughs) A Minesweeper. A Minesweeper? You ever play the game Minesweeper uh-huh. on the computer? It's been around since the 80s, I guess. And so you like hit that button and then all of a sudden everything just opens up and you can like, you can find that one subject and everything opens up for people and like, you, you can just like talk forever. It's uh, like we're drug dealers and we're trying to <laughs> get people hooked on more types of cheese. <laughs> well, also like with Humboldt Fog or with um, Capriole or Vermont Creamery, when, when you start to tell people how long some of these cheesemakers have been doing this, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, 30 years in the making and, and people are just discovering some of these now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's always really exciting too. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have another question. What cheese do you bring your relatives who still use Kraft Singles? Cabot Cloth Mount. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I thought you'd say fromage d'affinois. Oh, I'm not, you're not supposed to admit how much I like that cheese. <laughs> well, that was another question. Guilty pleasures. Yeah, Both I mean, Amy and I like fromage d'affinois. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm exposing us right now. And you can get it in the grocery store now. Yeah, it's so cheap, and it's good, and it's always good. <laughs> that is one of my, yeah. That's what I would bring. Do you have a suggestion well, there, for I mean, your relatives who there are always those there are always those categories, you mm-hmm. know, just like the gateway blues, the generals of it, and mm-hmm. the you know the bloomy rinded kind of you know a notch up from your basic breeze sort of thing. And there mm-hmm. are always those those sort of categories. Like, I mean, there are a lot of alpine cheeses that I work with mm-hmm. that are maybe not crazily aged, mm-hmm. and so you have that slight so nuttiness, they're more approachable, that slight sweetness to it, and kind of an in between texture, which is something that you know everyone knows but they've just never had sort of the better version of it right right but it's true though i mean you can have like your your best you know wine soaked brandy soaked leaf wrapped greatest fabulous cheese next to something that's creamy and rich i think that in my experience that creamy rich you know supermarket cheese is always going to go first <laughs> it, it depends on the crowd but mm-hmm. like yeah you're talking about the neophyte or family right, kind of right. crowd well, yeah. like smoked Gouda. That, to me, you know, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's smoked Gouda, and then there's really good, well-made smoked Gouda. Well, so you can bring smoked And then there's Gouda. smoked cheese. I mean, some of us, you know, love it, and many right. of us don't. And that's great for sort of the 
colder, wintry season, actually, I mm-hmm. always think. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just smoked mozzarella, somehow it seems right um, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the for If you're the by the season. fire. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, one more question. What cheese do you bring to your most snooty wine friend's house? Sarah just killed mine. Oh, what? <laughs> Oh, she did? You'd bring them smoked Gouda? <laughs> I was going to say, I love Vacheron Montour. Oh, she but killed it before Sarah the show. Reminded me that, that was before the show. But yeah, that's, uh, it's, 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 it's incorrect. It's incorrect. It's, there's no it's not such legal. cheese in the United States. Well, why do we see it here? Because we see a pasteurized or thermalized version. Mm-hmm. Right. And we still call it Vacheron Montor a lot of times, or just Vacheron and kind of like, you know, sweep it under the, under the, mm-hmm. but that's. Oh, okay. So you, know, you would, if you could find that, you would, if you smuggled it in from Europe, yes. you would give them that. That's right. I would fly there, pick it up and bring it home. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Sarah? What would you bring your snootiest wine friend? My snootiest wine friend. Um <laughs> All right. Well, I, I I have to tell you now. I, I really tea. love no. I love the cheeses I work with. That's so okay. I'm I'm just I'm just being clear and honest. You know. So there full is, disclosure. Exactly. There's a cheese called um, Hallerhocker, mm-hmm. uh, which is made by a master cheesemaker. He makes Appenzeller, and then about ten years ago, he started making his own uh, recipe of cheese, and it's just an amazing variety. Most Swiss cheeses are partially skimmed. Um, so it's not including all the fat in the milk, like Appenzeller and Emmentaler and Gruyere. They're actually all partially skimmed, but this one is mm. not. Oh. So it's aged for a year, so you have this incredible intensity, and the fat also With stays With the full in. fat. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's an amazing combination. Mm. If you want to talk about, like, sweet, nutty, buttery, salty, acidic... Mm-hmm. And almost like a bouilloniness there. That's mm-hmm. it's it's just a winner. I'm um, getting hungry. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and I and I put it out for everyone, frankly, whether it's the snootiest or whether mm-hmm. it's just know. to knock their socks off. Yeah, and everyone mm-hmm. loves it. But mm-hmm. you know, I can pull out all the details I want for my snootiest friends. Okay, you know, whereas <laughs> for the ones who don't know, I don't say as much. Okay, how about you, Jessica? Do you have a good cheese for this situation? Um, I was just reminded by a photograph on. Facebook that someone, a friend of mine, a cheese friend of mine, um, uploaded today of Tom de Bourget. Mm. And I remember that aha moment um, with um, a fellow cheesemonger at the time, Chris Munsey, and I were doing a wine and cheese event at a country club in Greenwich, Connecticut. And we, it was a tough crowd. I mean, this was mm-hmm. an event planned by a wine committee. <laughs> And we did the crazy Tom de Berger pairing. This is a floral, pungent, buttery cheese with a pretty sweet wine. And so we had these two heavy-hitting flavors, and it was the most incredible pairing. And it kind of became part of, our, I think for each of us, part of our repertoire. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those, like, you know... Lucky cheese moments. Lucky cheese moments, mm-hmm. and and also for you know taking two two things that seem so unlikely to have a nice match and finding a good match, mm-hmm. and so a cheese like that, um, if not that one, because mm-hmm. I don't see it that often, um, you know something that might be a little bit disconcerting, and mm-hmm. then seeing how they can pair it up. Right. 
Right. Well, I notice our time is up. I want to thank you all for coming. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Amy. This is Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd, and we've been talking holiday cheese and gifts. Thank you also to my producer, Joe Galarraga, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 